Okay, we are live on Facebook. <laughs> Again, uh, all right, so welcome everyone. If you've just joined us, this is for first of all, thank you. Uh, this is Warrior Women in Business, episode number 32 with Warrior Women in Business certified new coach, Amanda Parnas. And I'm, I'm really excited she's on. Uh, today, we're going to, she's going to be answering lots of questions for you women out there that are, you know, it's when you start and run and grow a business, you know, the, one of the largest challenges can be managing your finances and even knowing where to get started. So that's what we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about investing in yourself and your business. And Amanda's going to walk us through that in prep for a class that she's going to be running for us on December 9th. So for those of you that don't know anything about Warrior Women in Business, I'd like to start with that. Uh, first of all, my name is Jasmine Sandler. I'm the CEO of Warrior Women in Business. The mission of Warrior Women in Business is to provide female leaders and mentors uh, that have been there and done that in their businesses cross industry. If you've listened into the podcast or watched the podcast before, uh, you know, I've had great women from law, fashion, um, sports, entertainment, <laughs> kind of cross industry. Because uh, the whole purpose is to give you guys that are really hungry to build a business or maybe switch careers and you're, you're looking for knowledge on how to do that. That's what I bring to the table here. Beyond uh, the podcast, we have coaches of which Amanda is one and we have several coaches and mentors on warriorwomenbusiness.com that are really here to serve from a one-on-one -on -one perspective as well as a group coaching and class perspective of which we have a lot of things coming up. And then um, we also host events, I mean, Pre-COVID, uh, we do run a conference series called Brand You, which is a conference on uh, thought leadership development for young female entrepreneurs and women in transition. Uh, we also host events that are both educational as well as a lot of fun. Um, the other mission of Warrior Women in Business is to support women in the arts. So you may or may not know about the Warrior Women Entertainment Collective. We're always looking for new uh, talented women to come on board and be a part of our entertainment collective. And then lastly, uh, something that I wanted to share that's brand new, which is right next to me. This is kind of why I'm sitting back today and trying to make this all work is uh, we have a new apparel line and I'm super excited about it. So we have, it's a lifestyle brand and the intention is, you know, it's all about strength and beauty, <laughs> warrior women in business. So we have leggings, we have mugs, we have a lot of great things going on. Um, and that all actually came to fruition because of Tina Trevino, who you're going to be hearing from soon as well as a Warrior Women in Business coach. So with that mouthful, <laughs> I want to move on to episode number 32, and I'm going to introduce Amanda uh, Parnas here. Amanda, just say hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, you're Great. good. So um, Amanda, uh, you know, she has what I've been looking for is I've been looking for a woman uh, to support the female entrepreneurs and female executives in transition that I've worked with in my own business, as well as through Warrior Women in Business, with someone that really understands this whole kind of landscape of taking a business from startup to exit and really looking at it from a financial perspective. So Amanda has a tremendous history um, as an investment professional, and she really truly gets it. Um, so I asked her to be on today, first and foremost, so you could get an introduction to Amanda and what she does and learn more about uh, what you can do kind of starting out or as you're growing your business. I, I am the first one to admit that finances are the toughest part of running a business. 
I've run a business now. This business, um, JS Media, is in its 15th year. So, you know, it is the biggest challenge and I'm really excited and I want to thank Amanda for, for coming on board. So let's jump right into it. <laughs> um, so my, my first question is being a woman in finance, um, <laughs> especially in the world of investments can have its challenges. Uh, you know, fin the financial industry as we normally know it is male dominated and there's always lots of conversations on that. So, you know, it's always interesting to me when I come across a woman that has a strong background in finance and investing and has really made it work. Um, so can you tell us first, it's interesting to know for my audience why you chose this path and, and talk to us about any kind of like pivotal point of change along the way and um, some insight you learned. Sure, um, so thank you for having me on. Um, I, was, I was always interested in business and the stock market. Um, even, you know, selling lemonade or iced tea, you know, on my friend's stoop. Yep. Um, so I was always kind of interested in how companies work and the guts of them. Um, so I chose a field it, first in public markets where I was an equity research analyst and then in private finance. And the idea was that I could do research and I was kind of quiet and shy. And this was a way for me to do the analysis and somehow be behind the scenes, right? I wasn't doing like investment banking. I wasn't kind of doing sales. I was really a research person. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a nice fit for my personality. Now, um, a change came when I realized that the material was kind of so vast and I went, I had a yeah. liberal arts background. I didn't study- oh, That's interesting. Accounting. I didn't study finance. I didn't mm -hmm. study business in college and I was just, Put right in there. I got my first job in, uh, you know, a bold bracket investment bank. And I was just kind of chucked in there. We had six weeks of training. And I kind of found out that if I wanted to learn anything, I was going to have to open my mouth and oh, <laughs> ask yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was a bit of a fraidy cat and I never wanted to ask anything. Mm -hmm. So the only way I was going to get knowledge was to speak up. And then I realized as I progressed, the only way that I was going to move up was to get noticed and have an opinion and speak out. And, you know, I, so speaking up became the first ingredient to enable me to kind of rise through the ranks. Um, and then in 2006, um, I switched firms in 1998, but then in 2006, someone told me uh, during a review um, mm -hmm. you know, one of those uh, HR reviews where you yeah, get right, a performance you know, at the review. end of the year, yeah. um, mm -hmm. that if I wanted to make partner, because I wasn't going to in the trajectory that I was, but if I wanted to make partner, I had to volunteer to work in an area that no one else was working on in the firm. So I had to stand out in a different way and I had to differentiate myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was to succeed in an area that was wide open. So, so that's what I did. Um, I started a new investment strategy within my firm and led the team um, that raised, you know, $100 million for our first fund and grew that over the subsequent 15 years to a billion dollar kind of franchise, wow. um, <clears throat> at which point uh, I left. So, so that creativity kind of zigging when everyone else is zagging yeah. is kind of what 
um, is kind of what kind of enabled me to succeed and speaking up, of course. And um, as this past January, I started my own thing, my own company. That's also, it's different than what- All right, other- Spring Advisory. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't even say that up front. That's okay. I started my it. own company, Spring Advisory. We'll get to it, you know, yeah, later, sure. I know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's different. It's not kind of the same old thing that everyone else is, is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, what I heard there is, is so important. I actually, strangely was thinking about it today. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's such a, it's been, a, it is a hard time and it's, it's never easy, whether there's a pandemic going on or whatever the case. And I like that you talk about speaking up. I was thinking about how important it is today more than ever to speak up because, you know, the saturation and the competition and just, you have to be agile in all industries and speaking up is, is a big part of it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you shared that story. It's very important. So, you know, um, I mentioned the male dominated industry and I know my brother's in finance. I am the, I'm not the CEO, I'm the chapter president of the hockey players in business, New York city. And it's me and I don't know, 30 guys in finance. (laughs) So anyway, um, but the point of the story is, so, you know, have you had issues in the industry competing against or, you know, men or making allies with men as well as women? The, I had a previous episode where I interviewed this former congresswoman, Katie Hill, and she was talking about, it was really surprising to me. That was a great episode because she was talking about how the competition amongst women in politics, which I didn't really know anything about, so when I look at finance, I think hmm, that there might be some similarities there. So I wonder, can you talk about like you're making mm-hmm. allies or competing against different genders in a male-dominated industry? Sure. Um, so in my career, I've often been the only woman in the room. <laughs> in fact, when I uh, was forwarding this invite to my LinkedIn, um, oh, thanks for you know that. connections. Yeah. Uh, I had a hundred. I have about fifteen hundred connections. A hundred are women. What? So just to give you a sense wow. of, of, you know, <laughs> these are people surprising. that I've worked with before, mm. um, but it's not unusual um, mm. in the finance industry. It's kind of, oh. it's, it's kind of right up there, but it's, it's kind of frightening and, and sad. Um, yeah. But, but I've always, you know, had to work with men um, and occasionally some women and, and my approach um, in life is to try never to compete with anyone. Um, I've evolved into this kind of people person from speaking up and I want people to like me. So, um, I, I often look, you know, for win-win outcome situations where if the whole team succeeds, like we all succeed together. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And, and, now I had to make some modifications in my own kind of personal lifestyle yeah, to meet the men kind of where they were. So, you know, what does that mean? That means uh, going to the bar, yeah. learning how to play golf. I mean, I'm one person um, and I have a family and children and, you know, I had to make sacrifices there to kind of meet people at their level, given the disproportion. <laughs> you know, disproportionate yeah. uh, ratios that, that we were looking at here. Um, now, there are times when I did have to compete for something like my team or 
Um, and when I won, I made sure that it's always kind of not because I'm a woman or a man won because he was a man, but you know, there's a thing that's price, it's yeah. performance, it's price, it's merit, it's I can offer something that you know someone else can't. Um, mm -hmm. Now, conversely, uh, and and there was a time when there was another woman uh, in the firm with me, and I found we found that we were more effective working together. Ah. Did I feel like people were comparing me against her? Sure, it's only natural, yeah. but I kind of pushed it to the side and said, you know, we're gonna work on it together. So I never had that kind of cat fighting thing That's you've alluded to. <laughs> um, uh, there have been one or two sad stories in my career when some man went up against me unjustly. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, none of the other people on my team stood up for me. Oh. Um, so I left, you know, shortly after that. And, and I don't really blame, you know, for the, the job that I was at um, for a pretty long time. You know, I saw that the environment and culture just wasn't going to change. Yeah. Um, and to me, just speaking bro more broadly about the investment community, um, there just needs to be more diversity that's built in from the ground up so that, you know, the male group think and behaviors just don't become the norm. Um, I know do you, many- I have a question are, about that. Sure. Do you, in your own business, do you tend to work, um, you know, on purpose with more women? Do you, do you, do you hire women? Do you partner with women? Talk to us about that a little bit. Sure. Um, so, uh, so a few things. I set out to build, I built my business with the goal of helping women. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Now <laughs> the reality is, is yeah. you're starting a business. Like I can't, I'm not turning business away. No, <laughs> well, so, not you can't, right? No. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so of the projects that I've worked on so far, starting in January, and my projects are very kind of intense and, and long, mm -hmm. um, three out of the four have been, you know, with men and one has been, you know, with a woman. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it meets the statistics. Um, mm -hmm. As That's far as, yeah. as far as hiring, um, I happen to have, had two associates that work with me. One is a man, one is a woman, <laughs> which I'm happy about. Yeah. And if my business grows and becomes successful, what I really want to do is you mentioned inviting women back into the workforce or career transitioning. Yeah. You know, what I would love to do is there's so much great talent out there for women who have kind of dropped out of the workforce to have their children, you know, for eight or 10 years. They're very senior. They have a huge amount of uh, knowledge and experience. And if, if I can set up an environment, and I think I can with what I'm doing, that allows them to be more project-based, mm -hmm. um, they can kind of ease back or be on a, you know, a smooth glide path back into, you know, into the workforce. So, you know, I'm hoping that eventually I get to a point where I can do that, but hopefully that, that answers, that answers the question with what I'm trying to do at spring. 
Yeah, you know, I, as I with Warrior Women in Business, you know, I started Warrior Women in Business as a subset of my digital marketing agency and media business to really serve women. And it's been, uh, you know, for all the women out there that are trying to support other women, I just want to share my story along with Amanda. I, I agree with her because it's been a journey where you can't, you're in a position where you, you're not going to turn qualified business down. And most of my work is actually with, uh, I work with a lot of male executives in healthcare. And um, however, I found ways to suss out or <laughs> make distinctions with vendors, everything, anything I buy or source, um, or even the internship program that I do at different schools, I really try to focus on women. So if you're out there and you're having, you want to support women, of course, support Warrior Women in Business and Amanda's company, but kind of all together, there are a lot of creative ways mm -hmm. for what it's worth that you can support young girls, women, as you develop your business. And obviously we are all for it. Okay. I'm going to move on to the next question. So, um, for those of you out there and including myself, when I was turning this on today, I was like, oh, I can't wait to learn. Um, you know, they're unfamiliar with your work, right? Specifically for women in business. Can you give a summary of like, where do you come in? I mean, you know that most of the warrior women are either female entrepreneurs new or we've been in the game. I consider myself one a while and we're mm -hmm. still improving our businesses. So, so where do you come in? Like, what exactly do you do? Sure, sure. So... Um, what Spring Advisory does is, uh, whereas, well, let me just take a little bit of a step back. So where I used to come into businesses was I used to come in as an investor, right? So I took a stake in the company and yeah. then I would work on the company after I was already invested, right? Mm -hmm. I would do the same research that I described at the beginning, right? A, a number more of a numbers-based analysis and some phone calls, reference calls, and then you kind of make the bet and come in. And I, we turned down, we probably did, um, you know, five to 10% of deals that were shown to us. doesn't mean they're bad yeah. businesses. It just means that they weren't right for prime time. They weren't ready for prime time. For, yeah. So what Spring is doing, Spring Advisory is doing, mm -hmm. is coming into the company before the company has institutional outside investors or lenders. Mm -hmm. And we help the company get into a shape where it might be appealing to a lender or an investor. So that could be anything from getting, you know, a working capital line from a That's bank not. or getting an outside, you know, some equity investor to come in. And having been on the other side, I know what those people look for, mm. right? So. Oh, wait, can you just back step for half of a yeah, second? Sure. So where do they need to be? Where where does that company need to be? Right. So well that's a, that's, that's the big sure. question, right? So sure. I mean stage. My my where I can help is a little bit on the setup in a startup, not day one, but maybe at the All end right. of the first year. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then my typical clients have about 10 million in revenue and they are about to be profitable. And that's where I think I provide the most value. Um, making sure that executives and entrepreneurs focus on the right things. Um, for a startup business, I can help on some level, but I'm not a marketing person. And so the most important thing 
a startup can do, right? Is kind of uh, get yes, out there and right. sell. Of course, that's what I'm um, And so yeah. there has to be some traction. Once mm -hmm. there's some traction, I can certainly kind of come in and help with the kind of functional, you know, functional nuts and bolts of operating the business and making sure that it's being reported correctly and the financials are, are being set up in the right way. Mm -hmm. So do you replace or do you team with a uh, financial advisor, accountant? Where do you sit in that? Sure. Um, so hopefully there's an accountant already. Okay. They're inside or outside. Mm -hmm. um, and I would, you know, say if it's inside, it would be a controller or someone who's doing receivables and payables. Okay. And, and do putting the financial statements together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an accountant, which is for tax purposes, kind of a whole, you know, outside different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm working more with the CEO. I kind of sit between the CEO mm -hmm. and the accounting people. And the idea is to translate the numbers that the accounting people uh, are doing mm -hmm. into uh, takeaways for the CEO. So okay. I'll just give you an example. Right now I'm working with um, a company and they have, it's a service business and they have a lot of labor and they're, they work on projects mm -hmm. and they I, have so many people. I get it. And <laughs> yeah. they have project revenue mm -hmm. and their margins are not, are below the industry standard. Oh. So so how do you get their margins up to the industry standard? So we do an analysis of, you know, how much revenue they're getting, what they're paying their people, um, how many hours the individuals are working, where are they at capacity? And then we spit out some options. Like here's, here's based on your numbers, some things you can do. You can raise your price. You can let go of a person you, oh. or make them, you know, part-time or you can, you know, have your salespeople try and win more business in this yeah. area to bring capacity up. But, you know, it depend it's situation dependent, but it's hard for the, you know, no, there's not, no one is really there interpreting the nuts and bolts of the operations and the financials to the yeah. CEO, right? The CEO is running the business, you know, running around. And, and <laughs> I so, am that person. So I get <laughs> believe <right>. me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's really nice. So it sounds like, it sounds like an objective, an objective sound view of what's going on from the, 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 the basis points, the mathematics behind it and looking at how the operations play in that role, because the operations are a, in, you know, in the service business, a liability if we're spending money on resources and we're growing sales. So, right. That's and what exactly are those, right. and what are those engagements like with the example that you gave What's the length of, so what's the success metric and what's the length yeah. of the engagement? So most people are hiring me, um, with a, uh, goal in mind. So with one company, it's with this company as an example, Mm -hmm. Right. They actually hired me to do, they want to make some little acquisitions and increase their scale mm -hmm. by buying up smaller companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
And then the idea is work with them for about two years, mm -hmm. buy some companies, make the existing business better, and mm -hmm. then try to sell it to, you know, a bigger fish up the chain or to sell it to a financial buyer or to do a dividend recap, which means that they would borrow, the company would borrow money to pay yeah. a dividend to the shareholders. Oh, they're um, so companies. they can take some money out of the I business mm -hmm. um, at some point. So there's mm -hmm. a strategic end game, oh, but it's a, it's a nice journey thing. to get there. Now, this yeah. little project that I told you about is just, I do a million different things for each company. You know, this yeah. is one little discrete thing. And it's something that I could do for someone that knows, you know, that they have this problem, right? So we could make a, I could make a more discreet, um, you know, discreet consulting job. Mm -hmm. um, but most of my clients come to me for uh, very long-term strategic planning. And there's a series of steps that we're going to take, you know, to get there over time. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, it, it said. I mean, it's certainly that you are, you're part of the team. So exactly. Because if it's running a business is not done overnight and it's a journey. Right. So, exactly. I, I become yes. like an outsourced executive. Yeah. But do you, do you don't call it, do you call yourself, uh, do you go in the COO area or the CFO area or it's none of the above? Well, none of the above because I'm not yeah. an employee of the company. Okay. So I'm always going to be a consultant, but okay. for these very long-term projects, mm -hmm. um, I take a little bit of equity in the business. Oh, okay. okay. So, so an equity in their growth, they're, they're like a small, let's say if it's a smaller private company, so it's still. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because, mm -hmm. because the idea is to get to an exit or payout. Yes. In let's mm -hmm. say three to five years for these mm -hmm. longer term engagements, right? Mm -hmm. I take, I take the, and the reason I take a bit of equity, and this is what I was saying before is so different. Um, I'm really kind of like a management consultant. Okay. But I'm in the company, as you pointed out, and I'm aligned though. I'm not, I'm not like um, an, other kinds of consultants that say, I'm going to analyze your business and here's right. what you have to do and then hand it over. Yeah. And you are stuck with this advice, whether it's good or not, yeah. because I'm aligned with the management team. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm eating my own cooking at some point. <laughs> so are, right. It, you know, I'm ensured that I'm giving the right advice or, and if it's the wrong advice, I'm going to be there to help it pivot. Okay. That makes sense. I get it. I wanted to explore that, not just, not for myself, but you know, people want to know, and I'm sure that you get a lot of questions <laughs> more than yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm, I'm looking at the time, so, um, sure. so let's, let's pivot a little bit into investing. Yeah. Okay. So for the women that want to understand, because they've seen your bio, mm -hmm. <laughs> on hopefully on warrior women mm -hmm. business you know for the women that want to understand where and how to invest and how to make their best investments even at this time of covid what right. one bit of a starter advice would you give someone who's a who's a business owner or becoming a business owner noting that they are investing already in their business yeah so talk to us sure. about that sure okay so there are two things and they're very different okay Okay. And the first thing is um, to invest 
as a person in your own future. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? I mean, learn about setting up an IRA or setting up a, some kind of retirement savings plan for you and hopefully eventually your employees and yes. do a little bit of auto investing in mutual funds there because you want to make sure that you're not sinking every single thing, you know, into your business. Yes, it's important to put a lot in there, but you know, you have to think about your future just as a person. And, and I've spoken to, I recently gave a 10 week class, investment class on the stock market and investing to about 25 women. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised at just how many smart and educated women who work for themselves don't have proper retirement accounts set up. Yeah. If they had never worked in like a big company. Oh, they hadn't come from the background. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. So I just want to put that out there. Um, the second thing is when you invest in your business, um, one element is time and attention, right? You have to really be relentless and persevering single-mindedly in your business, even though it's kind of tough in a global pandemic. And believe me, I know what this feels like. <laughs> um, I've met a number of entrepreneurs since I started who are trying to do four or five things. Oh yeah. Like, no, do if one. you want to be successful in any of them focus in that one thing. Now, if you are going to, if you have an income stream coming from somewhere else, by all means, like keep that going, but don't, you know, have one thing and focus on it. Give it the proper amount of time and attention. And that could be like a year and mm. try and make it work. Um, and you're going to have to work at odd hours, especially if you have a paying job somewhere else. But yep. that is, you know, the time and attention and be singularly focused. Then um, you have to experiment uh, with different strategies. Yeah. And recognize that it maybe it's marketing, you know, paying for marketing, maybe it's paying for extra help, and there's a cost to these things, and they can't yes. go on indefinitely. So you have to give the appropriate time to the investment to see if it works out and tweak it, analyze it. And if it's not working, you know, drop it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's. I mean, that's general advice. I mean, there's very specific advice, but, um, you know, that, and that will apply to each company or each person independently, but you have to experiment, but you also have to know when to pull back or shut it off or modify it and then analyze it mm -hmm. and see, um, and see how, you know, how to, how to modify it. Okay. So that's really great advice. I have a, one question off of that. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the importance of having personal finances and investment and not just dumping everything into your business, which is very, yeah. very important advice. <laughs> um, so uh, like for me in my world, right, I have mathematical rules to things like social media management, social media marketing. It's like 30, 20, 20 on original third-party content. Yeah. I have rules, right? So do you have any rules on investing? So 
you know, yeah. like I remember when I was at IBM, they would always say, you know, try to save 10% of that check, put it into the 401k that we match type of thing, you know? So um, do you have any kind of rules for business owners in terms of investing a percentage of what they earn to no. personal investments and then in investing in their business no. or like any type of no, you don't. Okay. No, no. But what, what I do, do is have, no, no, no. I, I, it's not that I haven't given it any thought. I, yeah, I'm I, sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is one of the things that, you know, when we have our class or if you work with me directly, we'll, we're going to do, we would do is we would build a monthly cash flow model mm -hmm. for your business and, you know, your life. Um, and see like how much, like what's really important, what's, um, you know, what's a must have for your business, what's a nice to have, mm, that's, um, that's where to make cuts. And then again, do doing this systematically so that mm. this is what you can afford for where you are at your business at the, mm. you know, at the right time. You know, I could just say, you know, $6,000 or which is, you know, or 7,000, which is, you know, the maximum that you can put in, you know, uh, you know, a Roth IRA or something, yeah. but that's, I mean, that's not, yeah, yeah, you should do that, but finding the right number and the trade-off between investing for your personal and investing for your business is also important and having yeah. that emergency stash of cash that I'm sure every, you know, you've all heard about by now. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Um, so let's talk about investing for female startups versus mm -hmm. investing for larger companies. I'm sure yeah. we've talked mainly so far, thus far about the, you know, the kind of startup. So talk a little bit about what is investment consulting advice look like for some of the larger companies, women that might be listening in. Right. So especially for if you're a young woman entrepreneur and you're out there and you're trying to raise venture capital. Yeah. Let me just say that the statistics are abysmal. So somewhere between all VC money is, you know, given somewhere like let three, three to six percent, depending on the year, is given to you know, female startups yeah. uh, in the venture community. Mm -hmm. And um, there are those, so you know, angel networks that are yeah, out I'm, there. My so. next guest is from 37 Angels. Right. Have, so I haven't even announced her yet. <laughs> great. Okay. So that's yeah, I'm really excited. Women. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in one called Golden Seeds. So oh, yeah. They're, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a few networks there. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a woman, I would say, hire some men <laughs> to get some diversity, um, like be diverse, you know, diversity is important both ways. Um, okay. But anyway, um, uh, I think the biggest difference between startups and mature companies is that, uh, from the, from the perspective of, of an investor or management consultant is that it's a trade-off between profitability and top line growth. Mm -hmm. So if you are a young company, you want to show growth at any cost, top line growth, revenue growth, and you want to solicit a funding source to drive that. So at the beginning, it's going to be your own money. And then the next stage, it will be friends and family. 
And then, you know, that may be enough to get to that profitability point. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, you may need to go to the angel community and then the venture community and then the private, you know, then the bank. Right. Yeah. Um, and then PE. So that's kind of the way that expands. Um, now a mature company on the flip side mm -hmm. is going to focus on a combination of growth and profitability. Um, so you want to make sure that you're generating free cash flow because that's how your business is going to be valued on again at one point for that exit event. Now, I would say that even for a young company, and this is where a lot of companies kind of pre Corona and maybe, you know, if you go back to the tech bubble mm -hmm. kind of might have failed is that there, you have to understand your path to profitability. Okay. You have to know what your unit economics are. If you are a, um, if you are a startup company, you know, you have to understand what your, um, marketing, you know, cost per lead is from a marketing yeah, standpoint, of course, like you really need to like break it down to say that if I shut off investment and growth, here's what would drop to the bottom line mm -hmm. and setting up your financial structure. You know, that's the type of thing that we would do together. Okay. Um, you know, at a certain point when you reached, you know, when you reach that, you know, that inflection point in, in your business. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for December 9th. And uh, I mean, you talked about looking into cash flow. I can tell you how just important that is in a in a world that's so up. Normally, in, I've had an agency business for a long time. It's always up and down. But right. with the compounding with a pandemic and economic changes and political craziness, it's, um, you know, having that cash flow, understanding what it is, whether you're a new right. business owner or you've been in the game a long, it doesn't matter because everyone is kind of shifting their businesses right now. I mean, I've had, last week I had a client who unfortunately told me, you know, that they furloughed these, all these employees. And this is a big company in the entertainment space. Yeah. And it's just terrible. So, you know, I feel that the way you need to be prepared and that's why I wanted to have you on and have you get the, get a class going immediately mm -hmm. is because it's better to kind of under, start to understand your business and understand. I love what you said about kind of understanding your, your, what you can spend and where you can save the basics at this moment. If you have mm -hmm. to pivot, you lose your job, you need to transition. You have to shed a service layer. All of these things are really important right. for what you're talking about. Okay. Right. So, um, next question and we're, and we're almost going to Facebook now, but, um, there's just so many questions. So, um, yeah. you know, I always ask all of my guests, hence our apparel, uh, which is a new product line talking about finances um, that needs to go in the cash flow statement. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I always ask my guests what it means to them to be a warrior woman, right? And everybody has a different answer and no answer is wrong. <laughs> so when you think about the warrior woman in the world that you play in specifically mm -hmm. your job, your business, like what comes to mind to you? Sure. Um, 
actually, I, I love your marketing, Jasmine. So when well, I, I am a marketing person, right? So, so <laughs> but thank you. Know, thank I, you. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of, a lot of hard work. <laughs> I, I see that. And, yeah. and, you know, that kind of fierce attitude that kind of comes through in, you know, the Wonder Woman-esque kind of vibe of, of what you've got uh, going on is what kind of has come across and having that kind of perseverance and fierce attitude during the pandemic is, you know, is a really great message and it kind of resonates, you know, with me. Um, women have been more adversely affected in this pandemic as, you know, we, we hear and see on the news. Sure. Um, sure. And we need the strength and kind of support to help each other through. Um, what, I, what I see and what I, to me, what being a part of, you know, the organization means is being part of a group that supports one another so that each woman can be the best at what she does in her respective field, right? So you're a marketing person. If I can help you with finance, I want to do that because Please I want God, you to yes. that's marketing. <laughs> um, Please God, yes. And I like what yeah. you said about your focus in your, in your lane and your area uh, to, to the women out there, because you're obviously you've built this expertise in a very critical area. And, and so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, it okay. is what makes the warrior women community work. It's not about, and I love what you said about not competing because that is what this is actually all about. It's cooperation, right. collaboration, all the C's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, I see this as a great network where we can help one another and, and do that, whether, you know, I can help as a coach for, uh, people to manage their PL and make the right, you know, strategic decisions. And hopefully I can uh, get some help in marketing yeah, <laughs> and, and that, and that kind in those areas where I'm weak. So you're easy. It's easy to market you. So, <laughs> because everyone needs you, that's the way I see it. Everyone needs me and everyone needs you. And there's other people that everyone needs and we just kind of bring them all together. So a um, couple other things. So I know that you're great. You through the RSVP that we put out, Amanda has graciously offered a free con initial free consult with all right. the mentors and coaches on Warrior Women in Business, of which we have a really good group now. Um, you know, we give 30% off of their services in general, uh, but Amanda's offered a free consult. So if someone does take advantage of that offer, what can they expect from the sure. first time consulting privately with you? Right. So what I would suggest first is to participate in the class, which is December 9th. Yes. And what we're going to cover there is five analytical tools that will help you think about your business and set things up in a way that are going to be able to give me, frankly, the numbers that I need to do the personal consultation. But I think it will be helpful for you all as well to, and I'm going to hopefully once after the class, we'll give out an Excel kind of little workbook that Ooh, allows you to you know, fill, fill in the numbers. Okay. So I would encourage people to tune in for that session. Um, after that, uh, depending on what your issue is, um, certainly reach out and send me the page that focuses on the issue. And then I'll give you some thoughts and maybe do some more analysis around it and ask you some questions during our half hour consultation um that 
will allow you to get something out of that, like a real tangible strategy. Mm -hmm. And then if it takes more work or more analysis, you know, then we can talk about, um, you know, setting up some hourly coaching, but, you know, hopefully you get a lot of, you know, useful information um, that will at least get you thinking about your business and where maybe some changes, um, you know, could be made. Okay. So a couple things off of that. So um, one is, can anyone at any point in their entrepreneurial journey or transition journey benefit from this class? Is it? Yes. For, okay. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. okay, good. Then the second question for those that may be interested in taking the class, um, do they need to bring, how, how can they best prepare to take your class? Do they yeah, need to? No, no, no one needs they to don't prepare need to anything. Nothing. No. Okay. Nothing. That, that makes it pretty easy because <laughs> I'm Nothing. always forcing people before I train these companies, you have to do homework. So I mean, it then it's a little bit helpful. easier. <laughs> well, it would be helpful to, yeah. you know, have Excel or. Oh, sh I know. Okay. You know, you never I, know. I, I'm more, I'm more meant to, they, do they need to have their, like a, their finances no, organized? No, no, because every, I'm going to give some examples. Okay. Because everyone's got their own business and it's unique to them. Oh, correct. And, and the advice at the end of the day is going to be bespoke and you know personalized okay great all right so we're going to be going to uh facebook for questions in just a second i just wanted to let those know that are on today and those that watch this recording how they can take advantage of amanda's class <laughs> so um it's pretty much everywhere right now but if you haven't received an invitation to it fairly simple you can go to warriorwomenbusiness.com and just subscribe to our newsletter. We'll be sending something out on it. You can also, if you don't want to subscribe to the newsletter, that's fine. Just send an email to info at warriorwomenbusiness.com. And in uh, in Facebook right now, Allie, who's uh, on the Warrior Women Business team, should be putting that information out. So you can just grab that. Um, and so that is that. A couple other things before we go into Q&A is uh, if you do subscribe to the newsletter, we're gonna be sending out a special for all the Warrior Women in Business gear. And we're gonna be doing fun contests and giveaways. It's, it's just exciting. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm gonna go right into the questions now. I'm gonna check over on Facebook. This might take just a moment. There's always multiple streams going on in the world. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I just got like a million questions. No, right, come so on. Really? I'm not kidding. Okay. And I'm not kidding that I have a million screens. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So all right. I always make this fun. I'm me. What can I say? All right. And I'm never going to be anybody else. All right. So um, number one, how do I set up my business from an accounting standpoint, from both the view of starting my business and then also once I've established my business? I think they want to understand how to prepare their business. Sure. You know, like it seems like maybe LLC or C Corp or S Corp. Oh, well, see, well, to me, I heard accounting. So, okay. So it's as opposed um, to structure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. As opposed to corporate structure. So, okay. um, so there are, depending on what your business is when you're small, um, you probably want to set up your business on a cash basis. Okay, so that means 
Um, you will record your revenues and your income, you know, pretty much when you get the money and your cash flows when you pay out the money. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's, uh, so I use for starters, like I use QuickBooks. I don't yep. know what yep. other people use. There's yeah. something called Zero XBRO. There's other packages mm-hmm. and they're online and they're very cheap from a monthly basis perspective. You know, it's in the cloud and, um, it's pretty easy to, you can, you can attach and on this, I recommend this attaching your credit cards. Um, to the business and having your, from a mindset, and I know people don't, some people don't do this. Your business is one thing and your personal life is another thing and they (laughs) should be separate. You should have a separate bank account. You should have a separate credit card. You should have, everything should be really distinct and you should try and keep track of your personal, you know, your personal expenses elsewhere and your business expenses you know, within those accounts. Now, um, the more granular you are, um, the better. And I like setting up things in categories. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at least we can do, because down the road, you're going to want to do some analysis. Um, having all that information in there set up, you know, the right way is important. So, um, by client, setting up your revenues by client, not just uh, kind of, hey, I took in this oh, money yeah. in my bank account, um, you know, this month. And so that's going to be my revenue. No, take the time to have it, you know, be done by client and your payroll be done by person, even if you use outside contractors. And, you know, try and be as detail oriented as you can. So, um, in buckets of things so that the analysis comes later, then later. Um, and you might want to hire at some point if it's taking too much time, mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you know, you're, you might want to hire a bookkeeper yeah, to do that for you, um, and prepare it. And then the next stage would be a part-time CFO or controller, and then a full-time CFO. So you can take incremental steps. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I can tell everybody that is extremely important what Amanda said about not mixing up your monies. (laughs) And also I've had, because I did that at the beginning and my accountants like wanted to kill me. So, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, also just uh, categorizing because, you know, it's, it's, it's simple now, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to send out an invoice it's all going to be recorded under a category, but when you're first getting going, if you don't do that, it, you, it, it actually helps you make money in the long run. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So next question, how can I split my money between my business and personal? What is the, mm-hmm. you kind of went through this. What is the best way to keep them separate? So you went through that. So I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay. How do I grow my business for both the short and, and medium term? I'm not sure if that's really relevant. Well, I mean, depending on what you, growth is a function of, well, it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about profit growth or are you talking about revenue growth? So yeah, revenue exactly. growth, you know, that's sales, that's marketing, that's investments that you have to, or your time, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's, when I think about that, there's two components, right? There's quantity and then there's price. Okay. So you have to think about all those variables. Um, you know, if, if it's, if you're a sole operator, um, I have to do my price or time, you know, my time or quantity, whatever that is hours, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and the price of that. And so that's kind of on the revenue side. And then there's cost associated with that. And we spoke about, you know, cost per marketing lead. Yeah. And then you analyze, and then we can analyze like the return on investment from all those activities. Um, so there's that. Then there's profit growth, which is a whole different animal where you really scrutinize your expenses. Yeah. Um, and try and increase your margins, you know, your profitability percentage um, with for every dollar that you generate. Um, oh. So, hmm. so lowering my costs, whether exciting. it's a different vendor, switching vendors, yeah. getting a second vendor, doing a competitive bid, again, in, into the operations of the business. Um, yeah, it's a pain to switch, but I pay, you know, $2,000 to switch vendors once. How long is it going to take me to, you know, break even on that $2,000 switching cost and then, um, you know, improve my profitability on a per unit basis? Let's say I'm manufacturing, you know, these uh, leggings, <laughs> right? So Yes, believe me, I know the profitability on them right now. It's very slim. Because it's a new business and you have to right. go through a, a module made. I'm not going to talk about it, but we could. I'm excited for December 9th. I'm going to be like, blah, on December 9th. It's very exciting. Okay. So, next question I really want to learn more about finance and investing. You should okay. go to her class. How do you suggest that I do this? Learning more, just some basic resources you can give. Right. So, so the first thing is the, I would say, uh, if you go onto Vanguard or Fidelity and you go on these websites that have mutual funds, there's a ton of information on there just yeah. in the research category. Mm. Um, I also, in my investing class, and this is true for, for me as well, mm -hmm. I like to, when I'm getting ready in the morning, um, oh. I turn on, um, CNBC yeah. or Bloomberg, um, TV, and I just hear what yep. the guys are saying, you know, whether it's, you know, Kramer. Yeah. Kramer. <laughs> I like, I like listening to right? Kramer. It's so funny. yeah, he's funny <laughs> and, and you can pick up certain aspects, mm -hmm. you know, but what I would say, and this is kind of where we got to at the end of this 10-week course and I showed by examples like you're much better investing in mutual funds you're better off investing in mutual funds than buying individual stocks typically yeah. yes so, um so and and in the index and in the market um and but if you want to learn and have fun and dabble around the edges with buying some in you know some stocks um you could do that too, but the web has tons of, uh, tons of information. I happen to like Investopedia. Is I was going to say Investopedia. I, right. I think one night I spent uh, seven hours. I just right. like, 
it's a rabbit hole that's a good one because you yeah, learn yeah. So, so I enjoy much. It too. Oh my gosh. It's all up there. It's all out there. It's or all take up. a class. Or maybe I'll give another class if people I think <laughs> yeah. we should do a, a we'll we'll end up doing more of a course. The December 9th is to get is to get you all going, you know. Right. If you guys yeah. moving in the right direction or clean up two separate things. Like one is yeah. investing like your personal stuff and the other is your business and understanding profitability. So two separate yeah. things. Okay. All right. I'm just looking at this. Hold on. Okay. So now, okay. It looks like we have one more question, which is perfect because it's 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. Eastern. So how do I analyze the ROA, or ROA, the ROI for my business investments? How do I analyze? Sure. I mean, it depends on what it is. Right. So what, what we're going to do like in this class and one of the tools we're going to, you know, do is we're going to look at it, um, lots of different ways, but on one aspect, you know, we might look at how many clients you have, the number of clients, the revenue generated off of that client mm -hmm. and what it costs to get that client. Um, what did you have to do kind of for your business as a whole? and then allocate it across um, your clients and then look at the specific client. What is the other cost? Maybe you had to travel to, uh, you know, buy five plane tickets before oh, you won wait. the business, right? Yeah, What's the ROI on that? What's yeah. the break even point? And then how much money am I making on that, you know, on that one client? And is this a recurring business that keeps going? Um, similar type of thing, like if you're a, pro a manufacturer, mm -hmm. um, you know, what kind of it, what is my all-in investment that I made on, um, that I made to, as we were saying before, um, you know, make the, I'm, my son has a, a business with his friends. That's, you know, a learn this, he's 13, right. A learning he's, he's created a brand, how a sweatshirt cute. hoodie brand. Oh yeah. Okay. So bring it where, out. How much, <laughs> go ahead. How much is it going to, he's getting, he's buying the sweatshirts. He's paying for the embroidery. Yeah. He's, you know, he's buying, you know, junk food for his friends. I'm being simplistic here, <laughs> but right. Yes, so he's throwing all that in. How long does it take again to is how many sweatshirts does he have to sell to make his money back? How long is that going to take or my money back? I should say, <laughs> how long there is that going to take? There's the um, angel investor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said I would buy one sweatshirt. That's about it. That's it. We're coming out of his birthday money. So okay. He's going to learn. Um, and then, and then the ROI, the return on investment is, you know, you say, what's my profitability okay. over that investment in year one, year two, year three, and then you do an IRR, you know, a return mm -hmm. yeah. on that investment. And you can see, you know, maybe my, my ROI was like 15% and that's would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Well, we should all get his hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Different, I think is the brand. Yeah. Say it all again. Right. What anyway, is it? I think it's be different. Be different. Okay. Yeah. That fits in with Warrior Women in Business. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So um, so we've hit four o'clock. So again, I just want to reiterate a couple of things. First, of course, I want to really thank Amanda for being so generous. This is like, I mean, I have my MBA, but this is definitely like an MBA type of education and very quickly. 
So I really appreciate it. And I'm, I hope and I'm sure those of you that are watching and listening today and maybe will watch the re-record of this, will get a lot out of it, take notes, but hopefully that's before December 9th. <laughs> so on December 9th, again, Amanda, who is a certified warrior women in business coach, will be teaching a class, which she's uh, already kind of giving you some pointers on what you're going to get out of it. You're going to have a great spreadsheet and cash flow. You're going to know what to do with your business from that perspective, which is so critical right now. I can't even overemphasize it. So to register for the class, you can register on warriorwomenbusiness.com. That is right now in the Facebook chat. So you can just pull that link and you'll see more information. You'll see a video of Amanda talking about the class and all the goods. Um, and so that's December 9th. Uh, also in the Facebook chat, we have posted information about our store on Zazzle, which is having a, a store-wide sale today, uh, besides my mom buying a mug. <laughs> and if obviously always my first customer. Any of you ladies are looking for nice mugs. So this one says, um, never stop reaching your goals. So this, this is about perseverance, 100%. You got to go there to a goal to get it. This is the original Warrior Woman who was Wonder Woman until DC Comics Amanda contacted me, actually Warner Brothers legal team. And they said, Jasmine, you know, you can't use that. And I was like, oh God, I'm getting visibility from DC Comics. And I got really excited. And then quickly we changed our character. And the this is our traditional strength and beauty class. So in the morning, you feel good about yourself. So there's lots of things on Zazzle. Um, and we have... Oh my gosh, tomorrow, two classes we're running, one at 12 and one at six. The one at 12 is with Precious Williams, who is this, she's hilarious. She's a pitch, she calls herself the killer pitch master. She also uses a lot of explorative verbs that I won't use, but, because <laughs> I'm a Jewish girl from Boston. But anyway, so um, it's going to be very fun and you are just gonna get in there and learn how to pitch. That's at 12. At 6 p.m., we have Tina Trevino, who is my partner on the development of this brand, this new brand of products. So she's at six o'clock teaching you how to build your fashion business. She, we are also going to be doing a four-week course for her. She has outfitted Brooke Shields, Adam Levine. She's no joke. So I just have the best women. I'm really excited to have Amanda on board. She's so new and she's got such a wealth of knowledge. So I hope that you all join us December 9th. And feel free to reach out to Amanda or I through warriorwomenbusiness.com. Listen, if you have any, any questions uh, before you sign up for the class or get involved, please reach out. We're constantly evolving Warrior Women in Business and I'm personally always looking for feedback and ideas on things to do. So feel free to reach out to warriorwomenbusiness.com. And uh, that's it. Any closing words from your side, Amanda? No, no. Thank you for having me on. It's great. And I really um, started and left kind of the corporate world to help other women. And so thanks for giving me the ability to uh, do that. And I hope to see you all uh, December 9th. Absolutely. All right. So this is Jasmine Sandler, CEO of WarriorWomenBusiness.com, signing off for episode 32 and hope to see you all on December 9th. Thank you. Great. Hi, my name is Amanda Parnas, and I'm the CEO and founder of Spring Advisory Services, which is a consulting firm that helps companies with their strategic development and long-term growth plans. I also serve as an outsourced executive to these CEOs 
to help them make daily decisions with the operations of their businesses. Most companies I work with have about 10 million in revenues or more and are close to profitability or some kind of cash flow. Join me December 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern time for a seminar on how to organize your business so you can set up the necessary framework to analyze your profitability and focus on where you should be prioritizing your time. Topics we will cover include setting up and maintaining appropriate financial records, understanding unit economics, analyzing the return on investment for qualified leads, breaking down fixed and variable costs, and importantly, customer analysis so that you can price your bids appropriately. I'll be happy to answer questions after the session and I look forward to meeting you all.